Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Have you ever, uh, you ever been around people who are just really determined people? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the people who are the, I call them the no matter what people. Like no matter what, I am going to fill in the blank. One of those people in our lives uh, is my nephew, Chaden. Many of you know Chaden. He's visited before. Uh, Chaden is one that he is a very, very driven, passionate person. And when he puts his mind to something, he's going to do it. A few stories about Chaden uh, years ago. Chaden was, when he was uh, nine years old, about 11 years ago, he's 20 now. When he was nine years old, we were all gathered at my sister's house for the holidays, and they had a, a, uh, a porch at their house that wrapped all the way around the house. And as we got there, Chaden was on that porch falling off of a unicycle. Boom. And I got there and of course, the cousins and the uncle were kind of laughing at Chaden. And I'm like, oh, man, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to learn to ride a unicycle. I said, oh, that's going to take some time. And he looked at me and he said, no, I'm going to learn today. And I was like, Chaden, you're not going to learn in one day to ride a unicycle. He's like, Uncle Dennis, he's nine years old. Uncle Dennis, I'm going to learn to ride a unicycle today. And I was like, okay. I'm not exaggerating. He was out on that unicycle for about eight hours, eight to 10 hours. All day he was out there. And by about eight o'clock that night, you know what Chayden was doing around the entire porch? He was cruising on that unicycle, nine years old, just going. Every time he'd go by the window, he'd like knock. Perfect balance. You know, I got this. I was like, man, this is going to be, he's going to be one of the most determined. I thought, well, sure enough, you know, surely as he gets older, some of that will fade. It hasn't. When he was 13 or 14 years old, we took him on a vacation with us uh, to Southern California. And as we were driving every, every place that we would, uh, you know, every time we'd get back in the car and get going, Chayden would, I mean, we'd be in the car for 30 minutes and he'd go, yo, Uncle D. And I'd say, yeah, Chayden. He'd be like, I need something to drink. Let's stop. And I'd be like, Chayden, we're not stopping, man. We just stopped 30 minutes ago. He'd go, well, Uncle D. All right, Aunt Hannah. Tell Uncle D we need somewhere to stop. <clears throat> and she'd, she'd always just go, no, Chayden. So about three quarters of the way through the trip, we're on the way back up. And he asked again, Uncle D, I need some coffee. Let's stop. Hannah, no, Chayden. He goes, I'm going to quit calling you Aunt Hannah. I'm going to start calling you Aunt No. All you ever say to me is no. And he's like, I promise you, I, we will stop for coffee at least once. Well, inevitably, it happened that one of the times he asked, we had already planned to stop. So he's like, hey, we're gonna, we need to stop for coffee. Uncle D, I need some coffee. And I said, Jaden, it just so happens we're stopping. And he said, ha, huh? I told you I would get you to stop. 13, 14 years old. I'm like, I'm going to come back there and smack you, boy. And he's just a determined person. Now he's 20 years old and he still has that same drive. He's one of those people and you know, and maybe you are that type. It's the, no matter what happens, I am going to 
do this. I'm going to learn to ride a unicycle. I'm, I'm going to get you to say yes to the question that I'm asking. This morning as we come to the book of Philippians and as we come to our theme for 2023, I want to challenge every single person to be a no matter what person. Not no matter what, I'm going to relentlessly ask for coffee, although I think that's a great goal for the new year. But I think that there's something from Philippians chapter number one that every single believer should have in their mind of saying, no matter what, this is going to happen in my life this year. And I want you to see what that is with me today. Philippians chapter one, we're going to begin in verse number 19. Now we'll stand and we'll read in just a minute. Philippians, one of four books or four epistles or four letters that Paul wrote. Now, here's what's interesting about, um, now, he, we know he wrote a bunch of letters, but these four specifically, he wrote from a jail cell. Philippians is one of those four that he wrote while in prison in Rome. Paul is imprisoned for preaching Christ. He's imprisoned uh, simply for lifting up the resurrection of Jesus, and we'll see more about that in just a minute. But he's from a jail cell, and he's writing to people in Philippi. Now, Philippi, of course, if you know the story, uh, Acts chapter number 16 recounts for us Paul and Silas going on their second missionary journey to Philippi. This would be the place that they were arrested. And at midnight, they sang praises to God and prayed to him. Many of you are familiar with that story in Acts 16. If you're not, I'd encourage you this afternoon, it'll take you eight minutes to go and just read that story and know everything that took place. But Paul, he left <clears throat> Philippi and Later, he would get arrested. This is years later, and he would write back to the believers at Philippi for a few reasons, but two of them being this. Number one, he wanted to thank them. You see, during his travels, the church at Philippi had been a big encouragement to Paul. Can I just encourage you with this thought? Thank people that help you along the way. Hey, don't be one of those people. Don't be one of those Christians that, that you look back at your heritage or you look back at your history or you look back at maybe a coworker or a friend or somebody that spoke kindly to you and you just kind of have the mindset of, well, I deserve that. Hey, none of us deserve the kindness of others in our life. Paul knew that and so he writes back to say, I wanna tell you, thank you for investing in me. Hey, you know what you might do? Today, tomorrow, this week, you might write back or send a text to somebody that was an encouragement to you in 2022. They might not even know it, but they were an encouragement to you. You might just shoot them a text and say, hey, thank you for encouraging me. You don't even know how you did it, but you encouraged me this last year. Paul wrote back, I wanna thank you for being an encouragement. Second reason he wrote this letter among many, second reason I see is he wrote to them to say, listen, God has a lot in store for you. Hey, God, God is going to continually work in you. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to know peace. God wants you. And Paul wrote to them saying that what God has begun in you, he will continue. Actually, Philippians chapter one, verse number six, Paul summarizes it well when he says this, being confident of this very thing that he, God, which hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hey, God is, until you slip into heaven, God is working on you. Man, aren't you thankful that God doesn't quit on you? Hey, that's a great another challenge, isn't it? God doesn't quit on us. Let's not quit on him this year. Hey, God doesn't quit on us. Let's not quit on him this year. But among all the challenges that Paul gave to the believers at Philippi, we find the challenge that we're going to look at today in Philippians chapter one, verses 19 through 30. 
And this is where we get into the thought of no matter what, here's what needs to take place in your life. Christian, for 2023, you need to have a no matter what. No matter what, here's what's gonna happen. And so you're wondering, well, what is it, pastor? It's two words. No matter what, only Jesus. You say, well, what does that mean? We're gonna talk about it. Stand with me if you would. Philippians chapter one and beginning in verse number 19. Philippians chapter one and verse number 19, the word of God, it says this. It says, for I know, Paul writing to the believers, for I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. He's just writing to them, uh, talking about being in jail. And this uh, verse number 19 is him saying, listen, I know that my salvation, my deliverance could happen through prayer. Verse number 20, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I what not, or I know not. For I am in a straight, a straight betwixt two. I, I'm wrestling with two opinions, two decisions. Number one, I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ. Hey, heaven looks sweet, doesn't it? That's what Paul's saying. I have a desire just to be with the Lord, which is far better. Nevertheless, here's the second decision, the second wrestling thing, the thing that's wrestling within me. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Verse 27, only let your conversation, let your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent. I may hear of your affairs, your, your life and your dealings. And I hear that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake having the same conflict which he saw in me and now here to be in me. In these verses this morning, we are going to discover what needs to happen in your life and my life as followers of Jesus Christ no matter what. And it can be summarized in those two words, only Jesus. And so this morning, I want us to pray and then we're going to discover exactly what we're talking about when we say no matter what, only Jesus. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, why don't you pray in the quietness of your own heart and just ask the Lord to speak to you today. You can pray something simple of, dear God, please speak to me today. Dear God, please speak to me today. And then commit to him that if he speaks to you, that you're listening to him today. Dear Lord, we want to come before you and we want to thank you for your love and your care. We want to thank you for the opportunity to come and to be in your house this morning. 
And Lord, as we start this new year, I'm thankful, God, for each person that's with us in person and those that are with us online. Lord, that we would take time and just dedicate this Sunday to you and this year uh, started right, just being in your house and hearing from you. And so, Father, I pray that today would not simply be a checklist Sunday of that we came to church and uh, completed a duty, but that, God, that we would come and desire to hear from you, to be ministered to by you, to have your spirit work in us. And, Father, we just ask you that as we go through the service, that you'd speak to us as only you can. I do pray if there's someone with us in person or online that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray that today would be the day they receive you into their life. We love you, God, and we thank you for your love, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. As we discover what should happen in the life of a believer no matter what today, I want us to understand just a, a couple of things, two simple things about the new year. First, I want us to understand this. Challenges are going to come. Challenges are going to come. We stated at the beginning that I don't know what the year holds, and the truth is none of us know what the year holds for us. And I'll be honest today that this first point, it's kind of a downer point (laughs) because we don't know what challenges are going to come this year. You don't know what you are going to face this year. Think about the context that we are reading this morning do you know where Paul, I stated a moment ago, where he is writing this letter to, the, to the, Philippi, the church of Philippi from? He's writing it from a jail cell. He's writing it from a jail cell. And he's writing this letter from a jail cell simply for being arrested for preaching Jesus. Paul summarized it well in Acts 24 as he's recounting why he is arrested. He says this, but this I confess unto thee, he was speaking to one of the rulers That after the way, which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. The way that is referring to Christianity, believing that Jesus is the Christ. He says, I'm accused of of, of believing that Jesus is the Christ, of being in that group of people. Guilty. That's what he says. I believe, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets and have hope toward God, which they themselves, those who were casting stone, casting the accusations at him, they themselves also allow. They believe that there's hope toward God. But here's the difference, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. As Paul recounts to those rulers, and you can go and read tons of different places. Here's what Paul is saying. Hey, they say that they believe that God can do hope. They say that they believe that God can raise the dead. I believe that Jesus Christ is God, the one who rose from the dead. That's why I'm called in question. That's why I am being cast into prison. Later, he would say, touching the resurrection of the dead, I am called in question by you this day. Hey, it's simply because I stood up and I preached that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and that there is the resurrection and that there is hope and life in Jesus. That is why I'm in a jail cell. So here's Paul, arrested, He's sent to trial after trial after trial for years, all for claiming the resurrection and the hope that is found in Jesus. Ultimately, he ends up in Rome. And in Acts 28, we read this, that when we came, Luke and Paul came to Rome, that the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. Paul, on a cell arrest, 24-7, 
a guard by his side. I don't know about you, but I'd call that a struggle. You know, some of you have toddlers that are 24-7 by your side, and that's a struggle. Uh, You know what? Can you imagine a guard? You're chained to a Roman guard 24-7. You're in a jail cell. Paul would actually write about it. He actually looked at it and was like, this is great for me. (laughs) Why was it great for him? He's like, because I have an attached audience. They can't tell me to be quiet. I can talk to him about the Lord all I want. Man, Paul, I love how Paul always found negative in the positive, or always found positive in the negative. Some of us are the opposite. We find negative in the positive. But anyway, uh, Paul, he found positive in the negative. And, and so here he is attached to a, a Roman soldier day in and day out. I would call that a challenge. And here's just a simple thought this morning that I want to point out from knowing all of this, and that is that challenges are a part of life. Trials are a part of life. Now, I, I will, let's just be honest with each other. Our trials that we face really don't compare with what he was facing. Our challenges that we face really often don't compare with what he was facing. But we do face some deep challenges. And some of them actually do compare. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, our day-to-day challenges sometimes don't compare. You know, like someone says something mean to us at work and we're like, oh, I'm so persecuted for the name of Jesus. Okay, that doesn't really compare. But the heartache and the loss of a loved one, that does. That causes that pain and that grief. Hey, I hate to say it today, but there might be some people in here sitting here this year, sitting in here right now that aren't gonna make it to the end of this year. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be gruesome. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to bring up hurt even with Miss Max going to be with the Lord this week. Hey, listen, last year, last year, we could have said the same thing. Some of, some of you in here, some of us in here this year, we don't know what challenges are gonna be held. We don't know what financial challenges are gonna happen this year. We don't know the political climate that might change this year. We don't know about the economic stress that could happen this year. We don't know about uh, maybe the relationship challenges or the challenge with a teenager or a young person within our church or within your family. We don't know about uh, maybe you getting the knock on your door from a doctor or the, 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 someone that said, the phone call that says, hey, you need to come in. We found something and you, and you find out it's the C word. It's that, it's that cancer word that none of us ever want to hear. Hey, I'm just simply saying that challenges are a part of life. And while you and I look at this context, look at this text this morning, we can't simply just walk over that Paul was in a challenging time. It was, it was a challenging time. And challenges, they are a part of life. Some of you might have some friendships this year that turn sour that you just don't know why. Challenges happen. Boy, I'm really glad I came to church today. This is such a positive message, Pastor. <laughs> hey, challenges happen. <clears throat> but secondly, this morning, I want us to know this, that for the Christian, for the follower of God, the struggle to be with Christ is real. Well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? As we look at this letter, we need to know that Paul, he was not only dealing with the normal challenges in life and this trials that he was going through, but he also was dealing with an internal struggle. 
We see it in verse 23 and 24, where Paul says, for I am in a straight twig betwixt two. I'm, I'm in between two decisions I'm wrestling with, and I'm, I'm having this internal struggle, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. This is, if I can say it this way, this is some almost mental and emotional hopelessness in Paul's life. Now, let's be honest. Paul was not suicidal. Okay, there's some people, they look at this passage and they say, oh, look, Paul was suicidal. No, Paul was saying this. I struggle because I want Nero to take my life. Part of me does. I want to give my life for Christ. Why? Because then I'm with Jesus. Heaven looks sweet. Hey, I don't know about you, but in life, sometimes you go through trials. And my mom and dad, they used to say, my grandpa used to say this. They'd go through a trial and he'd go, well, even so, come Lord Jesus. That'd be his line. Even so, come Lord Jesus. And what was he saying? I just want to give up on life. No. He's saying, man, heaven looks sweeter each and every day. Hey, that is a real struggle within a Christian. And can I say it this way? That's fine. You and I should look forward to heaven. Man, there's a ton of things about heaven that I'm looking forward to. There's a, there's a lot that I'm, I'm looking forward to, the reunions of people and loved ones and looking forward to, uh, of course, no trials and no more tears and no more death and no more, no more cancer and no more do we have to worry about the, the political environment that we talked about or economic or whatever those struggles may be. Man, no more do we need to worry about that. Why? Because eternity is right around the corner and then most of all, face to face with Jesus. Man, the one who died for you, you can actually give him a hug and say, I love you, thank you, and bow before him and worship him and experience the fullness of Christ right in that moment in his presence. Man, heaven is a great thing to look forward to. And Paul struggled with that. Paul struggled with his struggle of being with Christ. It was very real to him and he knew that God still had a purpose with him. We know that because he said, I'm, I'm wrestling with these two decisions. I want to go be with Christ and the hope that is in heaven, but to dwell with you is much better for you. I want to be an encouragement to you while I'm here. I'm going to use my, and he saw purpose in his life. But the struggle to be with Christ for a believer, it's very real. And so this morning, while we look at these two thoughts, that challenges are going to come, trials happen. In the midst of all those trials, there's this internal struggle with us that, man, even so, come Lord Jesus and the hope of looking to heaven. But I want us to know this today, that in the midst of all of that, the desire of a Christian should remain the same. We read about Paul, he has this trial, these struggles, this challenge. He's in jail, he's wrestling with this internal struggle of wanting to be with the Lord. But I want you to notice the challenge that he gave to the readers. In verse 27 and 28, when he says this, only let your conversation, your life, be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. 
that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, your life, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. Here's what Paul is saying in verse 27 and 28. He's simply getting to this thought. Regardless of what happens to me, here's what you need to know. And he uses the word only. What is the word only? It's the focus. It's the goal. Hey, no matter what happens, whether I'm absent or whether I'm present, no matter what is going on, I'm going to give you your goal. Live your life as it becometh the gospel. Well, what does that mean? Live your life as it becometh the gospel. Paul defines it. That when people hear about you, when I hear about you, that you stand fast in one spirit, that there's unity, that you strive together with one goal, that there's unanimity, that you're trying to focus upon one place to go, and that you aren't intimidated by the challenges and the adversaries that come. In this Paul, in this uh, in these verses, Paul gives the one focus, and that is live your life in a way that is becoming of the gospel. Live your life in a way that is a representative of the gospel. No matter what, no matter, listen, no matter what's going on, have two words on your mind, only Jesus. No matter what, live your life so that when people look at you, they see only Jesus. No matter what happens, Fellowship with the church and have in your mind that for your church, Church of Philippi, no matter what comes, live it focused only on Jesus. Paul writes about this through all of the verses. Notice it with me. Verse 19 through 21. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation, my hope That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, Paul is saying, regardless of what happens to me, I'm sitting in a jail cell, regardless of what takes place, my goal is that Jesus would be magnified. For to me to live is Christ. You know what that means? The life that I'm living, he is the goal. If I die, that's just gain. Heaven is not intimidating to the person who knows Christ. Here's Paul sitting in a jail cell, and you know what he's writing? No matter what takes place, I'm in my trial, in my challenge. I just want Jesus to be magnified. A few verses before it, he says, no matter what, Jesus is being preached. He says, there are some that are preaching Christ and they're trying to hurt my feelings. Hey, I don't care. I just want the name of Jesus to be lifted up. Hey, remember the point that challenges are coming? This year holds some challenges. This year holds some great joys. This year for the believer, for those of us in here, yes, there's challenges, but there are also gonna be great victories. Do you know what should be our mind? Whether we're in a challenge or whether we're in a victory, here's what should be on the mind of a believer. I just want Jesus to be glorified. I just want him to be pointed to. I just want people to see him. 
Paul's saying, I'm not worried about the situation. I'm worried about Jesus Christ receiving glory. He continues in verse 24. He says this, Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. In Paul's struggle of wanting to be with the Lord, he said, no matter what goes on, I'm going to use my life to point people to Jesus. In the passage, he's saying, hey, if I come to you or if I'm absent from you, I want to hear that you are glorifying God, that you are pointing to him. In my challenges, I want my challenges to glorify him. But then Paul writes to them and he says, the reason I believe God's going to leave me alive is so that I can be an encouragement to you, so I can bring joy to you, so I can help you know rejoicing. You can go through the scripture and time and time again, you know what Paul said? Paul said, I want to spend and be spent for the cause of Christ in the lives of others. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want to be a representative of Jesus to people. I want to be somebody that when someone looks at me, they see only Jesus. He was going to use his life to bring the joy of Christ into the lives of those around him. It was this thought that no matter what, I want people to see only Jesus. Colossians 1 18, Paul said that in all things he might have the preeminence. Romans 15, 6, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 1, 31, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Galatians 6, 14, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Hey, time and time. Time and time again, here's a man sitting in a jail cell. Here's a man going through trials, arrested for his faith, a man who had that, uh, that health issue that he wrote about in 1 Corinthians. And here he is writing and saying time and time again, no matter what happens in my life, I just want to point to Jesus. Hey, that's different than a lot of us. You see, when we go through struggles, we want attention. Oh, I'm speaking for Dennis Fountain this morning, so you can just listen in. When Dennis Fountain goes through struggles, I want people to feel bad for me. <gasps> How dare you say that? I'm just telling you the truth, and if you were to be honest, you'd say the same thing. And you have to get, you have to get out of, outside of yourself for a little bit and have the mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm not going to feel bad for me. I'm going to go and I'm going to encourage somebody else. And we have the same struggle that Paul did. But here's where Paul ended up every single time. He ended up at this foundational truth. No matter what happens, I just want people to see Christ. Only Jesus. This year as a church, I want to challenge our church to have this mindset, only Jesus. I want to challenge our church to have a mindset of regardless of how I feel, I want to point to Jesus. I want to invest in others the joy of Jesus. Paul, in his situations, he was like, I, I just want Jesus to be magnified. 
Often we want ourselves to be magnified. We want notoriety. We want to be noticed, and we want, to, uh, we want it to know and to be known. And if we're struggling, again, we want people to sympathize with us. If we're doing well, we want people to take note of our success and how good maybe things are going. And here's what Paul said while he, too, had that internal struggle, no doubt. He said, regardless of what is going on in my life, I just want people to see Jesus. And here's what the Christian should live. The Christian, the follower of Jesus, we should live a life that is complementary of the gospel. And I say it this way this morning, it ought not surprise people when they find out you're a follower of Jesus. Oh, oh, you? I never would have. I never would have known. I never, that ought not happen. People should find out that you're a follower of Christ and they would go, I knew it. I just... I just knew it. Man, the Christian should live a life that is complementary of the gospel. And I want to say it this way today, that being a, being a religious Pharisee is not complementary of the gospel. You know what a religious Pharisee is? A religious Pharisee is, says, I'm holy and you're not. That, that's not complementary of the gospel. Hey, listen, Jesus was the son of God, and yet he washed sinners' feet. Jesus was the son of God, and yet he invested his life in serving other people. Jesus is the son of God to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, and yet he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, dying for your sin and my sin. Hey, a life that is complementary of the gospel is not a religious pharisaical following. It's not me saying, well, I'm the religious pious person. No, 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 no. No, it's me exemplifying the same characteristics that Jesus had. That's humble. That's serving. That is the joy of the Lord. That is peace in the midst of trials. Hey, it is me saying everything that Jesus was, that is my goal. No matter what's going on, I just want people to see only Jesus. God put this theme, and many of you know every year we try to have a theme for our church. It's just something that we try to keep before us, and we try to have the, the banners and on the TV and the different songs that we sing and merchandise and all of that just to help us stay focused. And as I was praying about this year and, and going through the, the theme, uh, man, I really wrestle with names and, and different things like that. And back in, in uh, June and July and August, I was wrestling with 2023. God, what do I want to see happen? And man, the Lord just kept putting it on my heart. Just point to Jesus. Just keep pointing to Jesus. And there were certain passages that I was reading. And one of the months that I was in Philippians where I was reading, I was reading Philippians every day for the month. And man, Philippians 127, that phrase, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, just kept standing out to me. Every day I'm hearing this phrase and I'm like, I've heard it time and time again, but what does it mean? And I begin to dig into it. And man, how convicting it is. If we were to really dive in and hopefully... We've done it a little bit this morning to say, here's Paul in a jail cell. No matter what's going on, I just want people to see Jesus. I want that to be my goal this year. No matter the ups, no matter the downs, only Jesus. No matter the challenges, no matter the blessings, only Jesus.
No matter who's around me, Paul said, whether I'm with you or not with you, let it be only Jesus. Hey, no matter who's around me, only Jesus. You know, at your workplace this year, it might just be you. That's all right. Only Jesus. Hey, and your family this year, your husband, your wife, there might be a day that they wake up and say, you know what, I just don't wanna, I just don't wanna do it anymore. Hey, that might be a day that you say, only Jesus. Teenager, it might be you in your school that you're the only one that just stands up for Christ. That's okay, only Jesus. Hey, having the mindset of only Jesus, I'm praying that God would make it a theme for every one of us. And as we look forward to the new year to make this happen, I believe one of the best ways for you to have the mindset of only Jesus is in 2023 to put on an emphasis on personal growth. Hey, I wanna ask you, will you make 2023 a year of personal growth? Will you grow in the Lord? Well, pastor, how can I grow in the Lord? There's a ton of ways and we've talked through a lot of these things, but I wanna encourage you today, hey, make 2023 a year where you spend time in his word. We've done the, the devotional again. This is uh, 30 days, 30 day devotional just to get the year started right that we're gonna give to every single person. You want a devotional, it has a devotion written by uh, one of our staff or someone in the church and then it has a, a place for you to write out how the Lord spoke to you today and truths for today and things that you're grateful for today. And then it has at the beginning, has prayer lists for you to keep track of what you're praying for for the year. You say, well, pastor, why would we do that? Why would we invest a little bit of money to buy some of these? Because I want our church to be a church that says, hey, only Jesus, and if that's gonna happen, and I've got to get in his word. I've got to grow personally. We say it often, and I don't apologize for it. I believe the number one thing the devil fights in the life of a follower of Jesus is our time in the word of God. He does not want you to get in the word of God. Hey, make up your mind. Today's January 1st. You say, well, I already missed this morning. That's okay. There's still quite a few hours left in the day. Hey, today, this afternoon, go. It doesn't mean you have to read, you know, 25 chapters. Hey, just go read a couple verses. Just read the devotion and the verses that go along with that and begin building the habit. In, inside of the bulletin this morning, there's a little page with a QR code. You can join the, the version app. And on the version app, when you scan that, it takes you to a, a plan that's developed with Moses Lake Baptist Church that you can read through the Bible in a year. It's simply three to four chapters a day, and you can read through it with other people in the church and join that group and be able to chat about it and be able to say, hey, here's what God spoke to my heart about today, and be able just to have other people keep you accountable. Well, why would we do that? Only Jesus hey, I just want to be pointed to Jesus. I want that personal growth. I'm thinking about our two services this year. Hey, I want to encourage you, be involved. As we transition, be involved. I want to be at one of those two services. I want to serve in one of the two services, having the mindset that I'm going to make a commitment to his church and to the services going. I'm excited about a lot that's going on this year in the, in the messages. I'll be preaching, we're starting next week, a series called The God of Second Chances. I didn't know the whale had teeth, but he does like that. Those ones, this is the exact picture. Now oh, listen, we're preaching about God being a God of second chances. We'll be in that series for a number of weeks. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't quit on you? This year, another series we're going through is a series called Hope in the Midst of Darkness or Hope in the Darkness. 
looking at the book of Luke and understanding that when things seem dark, God always brings hope. We're going to be going through a series called Encountering Christ later in the year, uh, talking about in the book of Luke, the possibilities of a life with Jesus and looking all the way from Luke chapter number four, all the way to Luke chapter number nine, the miraculous works of God in the lives of everyday people preaching a series called Fitting In this year, uh, looking to uh, 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14, and how does God want you to be a part of the local church and what spiritual gifts are? And we're, we're coupling this with a series that we're going through in our growth groups called Rediscover Church. And I'm looking forward to these series. One of the series we're closing the year with is a series called Dear Church. Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3, where it's a letters written to the seven churches of uh, revelation and understanding how that coincides with us and looking at God's open letter to the church and how we can grow. Pastor, why are you talking about this? Because all of this has to do with personal growth. Hey, if, if you're not in the word, you know what I can guarantee you're not gonna do this year? You're not gonna grow. Well, I can grow by other things. No, 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 no. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hey, your faith grows primarily through the word of God. So what should I do? Immerse myself in the word of God this year. Individually, corporately, I'm gonna be at church. Corporately, I'm gonna be involved in our growth groups. We have growth groups that meet throughout the week on Wednesday night, Thursday night. This year, we're instituting another growth group that's already been going on, and I'm excited about it on Tuesday nights for our, our uh, college-age singles from 18 to 28, and you'll know more about that in the coming weeks. But listen, I'm excited about all of these developments and all of these things. What is the purpose of it? Hey, only Jesus. I just want growth. I wanna grow as a Christian. I wanna grow in the Lord and whether that be through a growth group or through churches I, or through the church services, I just wanna keep growing in the Lord. In our growth groups this year, the first series we're starting, not this week, but next, is a series on fighting temptation. I'm not gonna ask who needs that because everybody's hand should go up. If you don't, see me and I'll have you teach one of the courses because <clears throat> that means you've mastered what no one else has. Hey, every one of us fight temptation. We're gonna, we're gonna study for a few weeks what the Bible says about fighting temptation. We're gonna study for a few weeks what the Bible says uh, after fighting temptation. We're gonna look towards Easter and go through a series called Take It Personally. How do I share my faith? What I know about Jesus, how do I share that with people? If I were to ask today, how many of you know somebody who doesn't know the Lord? Many hands would go up. Hey, Maybe God would use you to share Christ with them this year. We're going to look at that this year. We're going to talk about that series, Rediscover Church. It's a book that I read uh, last year. And man, what a, what a great book, understanding the concept of church that many of us miss. And we're going to look at what church is and what it should be for the believer and how God desires not for you and I to just attend, but God desires that, listen, God desires that every single person who knows him as Savior would be an integral part of the church. God wants that. God wants that. And as you invest your life spiritually, you know what you'll continue to do? You'll continue to develop that desire of only Jesus. And my goal in the new year is not only that we would personally grow, but that we would grow as a church. When people would look at our church, we should have a desire that they see only Jesus. This is something that I think about when I think about our building. Man, I'm looking forward to our building. 
How many are looking forward to that? Listen, at our building right now, where we're at, uh, we've just completed all the plans. We have, a, we have a, um, a getting some quotes from people, and we just got the new renderings and all of that. We finalized everything. And uh, is the, unmute the video there, Dustin. This is some of the new renderings of our building, and they've updated a lot of the things of just what is going to take place. And I'm looking forward uh, to the time that God has for us in our building. But you know what? Why are we building a new building? Hey, we're not building it just simply because we need something new. No, we're building it because we want it to be a lighthouse of only Jesus in our community. Well, pastor, why are we going to take time and invest money? And, and we're looking at this to be a multi-million dollar building. Pastor, why would we do that? I mean, we're in Moses Lake. Hey, because I want a lighthouse where somebody can know if I need something, if I need help, if I need questions answered from scripture, if I need to find out who God is, man, I want to go to Moses Lake Baptist Church. Why? Because that's a place of people who love Jesus and people who love our community. Man, you look and you think about what God is going to do in our building, whether it be in a, in a coffee shop or in our children's classes or in a nursery or whether it be in one of the services in the auditorium. You look at this and we stand and we think, man, what does God have in store? Hey, I don't know what God has in store, but I know that our goal should be only Jesus. And as we give in the new year over the course of the next few months, we're going to be rolling out a three-year giving plan a three-year giving plan so that we can raise the money for the first phase of our building so that we could break ground in 2023. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'd like to break ground in 2023 on our new building. Starting next week, you're going to see a, a little thermometer that's going to be in the back that's going to gauge where we're at. Right now, we have about $150,000 in our building fund. Of course, everything's all paid off and we're ready for it. We, we, gotta, we need about $500,000 before we can break ground. Hey, maybe God would put it on your heart this year to be one of 500, given $1,000 over the course of the next year. 500 people given $1,000 to help us raise that. Maybe you'd say, well, I did that last year. Hey, let's do it again. Maybe you'd be one that would say, you know what? I've got $10,000 just sitting in a bank somewhere doing nothing. I'm gonna give that to the Lord and see what God could do. I've got $100,000. Man, we never know what God could do. You say, pastor, why are we talking about this? Only Jesus. Hey, it's not so we can have a new fancy building. It's so that we can reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because the fact of the matter is people are dying and gonna spend eternity in hell and we need to be one of the churches in Moses Lake that lifts Jesus up high and says no matter what, only Jesus. Hey, that's why we're investing in our clubhouse kids. Man, our clubhouse kids, don't you love our kids' ministries? Hey, can I tell you this morning, this year, I want to encourage people to get involved in our clubhouse kids. They're going to be focusing this year. Pastor Carlos has put a ton of work. Parents, I want to encourage you, memorize verses along with your kids. They're given a memory verse a week to work on. Hey, memorize some verses with your kids, our kindergarten through sixth graders, given a verse a week. And that in our, in our uh, toddlers, preschool, the, what do we call that class? Preschool, thank you, I was right. In the preschool class, man, all of those workers and those moms and dads that help in that class, hey, you know what? Those little preschoolers, those three and four-year-olds, they might not be able to come out saying, for God so loved the world that he begot his only begotten son. They might not be able to come out with that, but they might be able to come out and say, God loved the world. 
Hey, parents, help your kids with that. Man, this year, this is part of our Vision Sunday, looking at our clubhouse kids, praying for more growth, praying for our missionaries this year, and asking God to help us with our missionaries and continue giving to our missionaries and watching what God is doing in them seeing people trust Christ. And this year, part of our vision for our missionaries is to continue raising money for that. Uh, We're giving all of our missionaries starting this month, increasing their support, $25 a month, bringing all of them up to $200 a month that we're giving to missions, to 14 missionaries, and then our church plant, Ridgepoint Baptist Church. Man, Ridgepoint Baptist, you know what our goal is this year? You ready? Our goal this year is to stop giving them money. <gasps> wait, wait, pastor, that's backwards. No, 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 no. For a church plant like Pastor Micah there, hey, his goal this year is to be self-supporting. To be a church that, that, can, that doesn't need outside support to keep going. Hey, as our church, you know what we're going to keep doing? We're going to keep giving to him so that other churches can stop their support. And hopefully by the end of the year, they've weaned off support and they'll be completely self-supporting. Man, what a miracle that would be that God can do. Well, why would we do that? Only Jesus. Think about our ministries of our church and whether that be greeting or singing in a ministry. Hey, I just want to encourage people to be involved, music, hospitality, kids ministries, our youth. I'm talking about our youth. We're going to be looking forward this year to having a youth service where the teens on a Sunday night, they help lead and they help do the preaching and the teaching and spend time together. Hey, we're going to be looking forward to taking teens to camp and what God can do with our teenagers at the youth conference in California at our Ignite Youth Rally in in August. You say, Pastor, We kind of know about all of this. Hey, I just want to start the year by saying, here's the goal in all of it, only Jesus. Maybe you'd sign up to be involved in a ministry this year. Why should I sign up? Only Jesus. I want to teach a class. Why do you want to teach a class? Only Jesus. I want to sing. Why do you want to sing? Only Jesus. Thinking about our outreach this year. We have three big Sundays this year that we're focused on. Every Sunday is a big Sunday, but we have three that we focus on really, really gospel, evangelizing our community and bringing people, thinking about Easter on April 9th. I'm praying this year that God would help each one of us to have one person at Easter Sunday. One person. Praying for our community Sunday, July 9th, as we celebrate our community and uh, formerly our All-American Sunday that we're renaming our community Sunday as we celebrate our first responders and our elected officials and, and as we pray for them. Many of you know this, and I'll, I'll say it this morning, but one of our former city council members, Karen Liebrecht, who's been here many times, her husband passed away this weekend. When you pray for Karen and pray for the Liebricht family and text her yesterday to let her know, hey, we're praying for you. Hey, that's what Community Sunday is about. It's letting the people who help lead our community know we're praying for them. As we look forward to October 1st, our friend day. Man, inviting everybody. Starting the third week of August, you're gonna be hearing this phrase, who's your one? You'll be hearing that phrase for six weeks leading up to October 1st, who's your one? What is that? Who's your one person? Who's your one friend that you're praying for and gonna bring to friend day? Well, why would we do that? Only Jesus. Hey, we just wanna point to Christ. I wonder what God has in store for us this year if we would dedicate ourselves to this thought. As an individual and as a church, would you dedicate yourself to this thought? No matter what comes, no matter who's around, 
no matter what's going on, no matter how I feel, no matter what challenges I face, no matter the struggles I have, no matter the victories I encounter, no matter what, my goal this year is that people would look at my life, my Christianity, my growth, and my church and see only Jesus. You know, I go, get to go to events every now and then. One thing that I hate about going to events is a name tag. As a matter of fact, when my wife and I go to events, maybe a pastor's event, uh, inevitably they have a name tag or a little lanyard that you put around your neck and it says, Pastor Dennis Fountain, Moses Lake Baptist Church. And you know, usually where that name tag goes it goes, nope, not, not immediately because someone will find it. That goes in a bag, just in a backpack or somewhere. And then when I get home, it goes in the garbage can. I don't wear that a lot. But I understand the concept of a name tag. You know, concept of a name tag is so you can be easily identified. That's the concept of a name tag. So people could look at you and know your name and where you're from. Can I tell you this morning that when you trusted Christ as Savior, God did not assign you a name tag to wear around? Aren't you glad? <laughs> I'm really glad I don't have to like wear around a big sign that says, hi, I'm Dennis, and I'm a Christian. Like, God didn't assign that. You know, here's what God said. He said, you're not to be easily identified because you have a big name tag. You're to be easily identified because your life your actions, your thoughts, your words all look like Jesus. I want to challenge you this year to be easily identified as a Christian. How? Two words, only Jesus. God, I just want you to be on my mind no matter what comes, only you. But maybe you're here this morning and you can't make up your mind to say I want only Jesus to be seen because you don't even know that Jesus is in your life. And so I ask everyone this question. Do you know? Do you know if Jesus Christ is in your life? Have you put your faith and your trust in him? Do you know if you died today that you'd spend eternity with the Lord in heaven? Hey, you know what Miss Maxine Neal did a number of years ago? I praise God for it a number of years ago because of the outreach of another pastor in our community. My wife and I, years ago, I'll tell you, Mel and Max, we met them out door knocking and I knocked on their door and Miss Max, wasn't she so sweet? Miss Max was sweet, Mel was not. <laughs> Mel was like, I don't want anything to do with them. And I remember, I, we jo I joked with Mel about it. And Hannah talked to Miss Maxine and we went back there multiple times and took them cookies and talked. And then it just kind of hit a point where he was like, we don't want you to come back. And so we didn't. Four years later, we're out here at a yard sale, our church yard sale that we do in April or May, whenever it's nice. Uh, Mel and Max came up and she walked right up to Hannah. She said, do you remember me? And Hannah looked up and she said, well, Miss Max, how are you? And Mel walked up and he was different. And he walked up and they said, because of you, God began to work in our lives and last year, we trusted, we trusted Christ as Savior. And then a little bit later, the next year, Max and Mel got baptized on Easter Sunday. And they became an intricate part of our church. 
You know, you know why, why I tell you that? I'm not worried about where they are right now. But maybe you're here and you're worried about where you would spend eternity. Hey, can I tell you, you can make the same decision they made. You can make the same decision that many else and others in here have made to understand that you're a sinner in need of Jesus. He died on the cross for you. He was buried and he rose again to prove that he could be trusted. And today, if you need to put your faith in him, today is the day you need to make that decision. Well, how do I do that, pastor? The Bible says all you have to do is confess with your mouth that you believe in your heart. I recognize, God, that I'm a sinner and that you died on the cross for me. And God, I'm putting my faith in you. I'm confessing with my mouth that I believe upon you in my heart. If you do know Christ as your Savior, would you make the decision today, this year, no matter what, only Jesus? I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed today. We're going to have what's called an invitation where we respond to the Lord. And we're invited to respond to him. And so this morning, if God spoke to you, I want to encourage you to make a decision. Maybe today God spoke to you about knowing him as your savior. If you're here and you'd be honest that you don't know if you died today that you'd go to heaven. If you, if you don't know that, pastor, I don't know if I died today, I'm going to heaven. I'm not gonna embarrass you or call you by name, but I would like to pray for you. Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know if I died today that I'm going to heaven. Would you slip your hand right up and right back down? Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know that I'm going to heaven. Just right up and right back down. Thank you. Somebody else, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Just right up, right back down. If that's you today, you don't know for certain that heaven is where you'd spend eternity. Today, right where you are, you could pray and ask Jesus into your life. You could pray something simple of, God, I know that I've sinned. And God, I believe that you died for my sin. And God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin and to be my savior. God, I'm putting my faith in Jesus alone. You can make that decision today. For those of you that are here and you know Christ as your savior, if God spoke to your heart today, would you make the decision this year, no matter what? I just want you to be seen, Christ. I just want only Jesus.